It is no secret that the strength of the individual is conducive to a healthy and free society. In one of the most known books, Democracy in America, organizations are crucial for individuals to make changes. The importance of these different organizations, whether it be your church or your local organization feeding the poor or rehabilitation centers or recreational centers, is that they're built on individuals themselves coming together to do something and make change. And that's what Alec D. D Tocqueville, I may be butchering his name, said in his book, Democracy in America. He, he, takes note, he takes note of this. In your church, what are you doing in your church? You are coming together with other people trying to become the best version of yourselves. What are you doing in bowling leagues? You're coming together, becoming the best version of yourself in bowling, perhaps, and having fun together. What about organizations? Your, the strength of the individual comes together as a collective, not surrendering their individual will, but coming together to perform something for the good of the nation. The importance of the strength, the importance of noting that the strength of the individual come together to in an organization to change the country in any way it, it is needed, for example, like in the great in uh, the Second Great Awakening or in the Temperance Movement, though that is the strength of many different individuals coming together to change America for the better, to to move America from from being too intoxicated, from indulging in alcohol to becoming better versions of themselves. But this is this is entirely different. For this is this notion of individuals coming together is different from what we see today. Today, we see the surrendering of the will of the individual to whatever group they wish to be a part of, and that is dangerous, right? It can cause a, an unhealthy society. People surrendering themselves, to, surrendering themselves to the collective is hurtful to a free society, is harmful to a free society. Why is this happening? Because for many people, when there is something objectionable, they do not have the will to say no. And it is as simple as that. Whenever a group says, bend the knee, or how about you agree with us on all these philosophical or political contentions, and there is no way you can refute this, this idea, people do not say, let me tell you what people are not saying. They're not saying, no, I do not want to bend my knee. I do not want to concede to all of your philosophical or political contentions. I am me and I, as an individual, give consent to aiding you, but I will not give myself up to aid you. That is something we're not seeing today. When you cannot say no to the small things, it builds up and it can get worse. And this is how we have totalitarian regimes. People say are unable to say no to small things. Like, for example, if somebody is telling you, how about you don't say hi to your neighbor, right? And you decide, you know, like, I could say no, but I'm not going to say no. Those things add up to the point where people are committing murderous acts against other citizens. It adds up. Trust me. It's not, it doesn't, the way people, the way people end up becoming part of totalitarian regimes, it doesn't, that process doesn't happen overnight. It happens over a long period of time. And it's a, it, and it is a repetition of 
people of the citizenry not being able to say no, not being able to act in your own capacity. Saying no is crucial to being an individual. If not, you're at the will of others. We are going to explore saying no in different version of your in different versions of your life, from the personal to the political. You're watching the Danuit Fresnay show. Today we have a buddy of mine on the show. He is a fellow podcast host of OK Zoomer on Spotify, a student at Brooklyn Technical High School, an aspiring entrepreneur and an advisor to different youth nonprofits. His name is Ethan Castro. How are you, Ethan? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you for having me on today. It's an honor to be able to be on the Daniel at Fresnay show for the first time, hopefully not the last. Definitely, definitely. So I have a few questions for you about the work that you are doing, about your lifestyle, and then we're going to get into the will to say no, which is the topic of this video. So first question, Ethan, you have a podcast called OK Zoomer. Can you tell us a bit about that podcast? All right. So this podcast is a for Zoomer by Zoomer. Zoomer's a slang for Generation Z, as you probably know. It's a little bit of a twist on Boomer because I know there's a lot of kids my age and there's a lot of kids Daniel's age with the same age that are struggling with different issues that Daniel has already solved, that I've already solved on a small scale and individually, but some of our advice could help them and vice versa. They have different solutions that I don't have. And so instead of just walking around with chickens with no head and not helping each other, even though we all have solutions to different issues, not all the issues, like might as well come together and figure out different things together. And two minds are greater than one. And so with that being said, I also know that there's a lot of kids and there was a famine of intellectual discussions, whether it's because no one's in school or maybe that's just not a trend. The trend is to talk about politics and the new dance on TikTok. And I'm not trying to sound cringe, like grind every day type person, but I just thought maybe I could help in some way or fashion. And it also helps myself pass time. It also helped myself stay sharp and come up with ideas. And so overall, it, it was an experiment in the beginning, but now I know I want to take it a little further. And so I'm very glad it has been able to give me opportunities like being on the Daniel at Fresnay show. Definitely, definitely. I I've been on the OK Zoomer podcast. Trust me, there are very intellectual uh, discussions on the OK Zoomer podcast. Uh, there's an episode with us uh, with Stefan. Great, he have some very great teens on the podcast that you may not be hearing of because a lot of the time our culture today incentivizes I don't know TikToks TikTokers rather than intellectual teens who have potential and could very much change the world that we live in. Ethan, I have another question. For Wait, you. let me butt in. I'd also say that a lot of the intellectual teens are not very captivating. And so that's not a fault of the people of the other teens. We have to understand that a lot of people have short attention spans. They like entertainment. And so instead of being like those shamans or people that get an awakening and grow long hair and wear tie dye shirts, we have to be as relatable as possible to convince as many people that this strategy works or this way's a better way for them. And so that was just something I'd like to add. That, that is a good answer. Second question, Ethan. Brooklyn Tech, you know, also my school, we know is a pretty rigorous school. How do you balance schoolwork with your other projects? Because you're definitely doing a lot of things in the world that the average teen is not doing. A lot of our classmates, they already burn out after writing the title to an essay, right? 
So how do you balance your work, your schoolwork and your, your, your other projects that may not relate to school? Well, I realized, so there's 2000 kids at Brooklyn Tech that excel and those 2000, their priority is school. And so I'm like, am I going to compete with 2000 for a lack of better term robots in a sense? Or am I going to try to be like a hybrid student that focuses on this and this, but also prioritizes school on top in the realm of academics, not family and such, but it's not. So let's just say for a better answer, I have like a hundred units of energy. Some people use all hundred units on school and some people are way more book smart than I am. So instead of competing with them in something that's their strong suit, I'm like, might as well spend 70 on school, 10 on this, 10 on my podcast and 10 on whatever else I may be doing to differentiate myself more and to make myself a better overall person so I can have conversations with older people, conversations with people of different professions rather than just knowing pre-calc to the T. And of course, there's a ton of benefits to that. You develop your focus muscles, you master a subject, but that's just not my cup of tea as of right now. It can be in the future, but as of right now, what I find the most enjoyment in and fulfillment in is uh, diversifying myself in different fields. Definitely. I can definitely relate to that. There's a lot of people in our, not only in our school, but teenagers in general, a lot of them believe that, you know, school is the only thing that we must focus on. And the only way to become successful is uh, through college. And I'm not doubting, I'm not necessarily saying that college isn't a way to be successful, but there are also many other things that can contribute to the world. That's, you don't have to necessarily wait for you to finish high school and then finish college because everybody else is doing that. If you have the time, put some time into doing something else that would change the world in your, in your small way. It doesn't have to be something huge because if everybody decided that they would want, they want to change the world in a small way that they want to, then it can go a long way when we're looking at it in the collective. Yeah. And that's to say like, if you start now, you have a head start by at least six years. The way the trends are going, people don't know what they want to do until they have their master's degree. So if you start now with anything, it'll be much greater. Someone who's wanted to be an engineer since seventh grade is going to make a lot of money in the future because they've already mastered it almost by the time they've gotten to college or they've already gotten some sort of knowledge on it or they've already made some sort of progress in their little entrepreneurial venture in their little club that they started in their little project. So anything is really greater than nothing. And so don't be afraid like, oh, I know sometimes in my opinion, I'm like, oh, I don't want to get a head start too far because I want to balance everything. And then I catch myself eight hours on Instagram. I'm like, balance everything. I don't need balance. I'm already doing eight hours on Instagram. My, my brain fools me into thinking I'm burning out, but I'm really not. Definitely. Uh, so obviously by now our viewers will know that uh, Ethan is pretty well established in his own right, especially in, in comparison to uh, in comparison with other teens in our generation, what do you think our generation is most lacking? I think our generation is most lacking. Um, what I could say is a certain mindset, uh, ambition, whether it's drive, whether it's a growth mindset, because if everyone else is acting a certain way and your brain subconsciously knows everyone else is your competition, you're like, hmm, if I'm lazy and I act a little emo, I'm going to be on the same par as everyone else. And it's, since it's normal, it seems to be nothing wrong with it. But there's a ton of stuff. The average weight of someone in America is obese. That's not normal. That's not healthy. But it's just the average. And so you don't want to be average. You don't have to settle for average. If you're listening to this, you already know more than the average person or you're a little 
a bit of a greater thinker than the average person. And so, can you say the question again? I go off on tangents and forget. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, uh, what do you think our generation is most like? Okay, so yeah, they need some motivation. They need a better mindset. And that's all I'll say. A lot of stuff stems from that. It, when you have a good motivation, you figure out, oh, I need to get healthier. Oh, I need to stay more focused. When you have a better mindset, you're like, oh, maybe I'm not dumb. I just don't know how to do 10X minus 3X equals Y. So it's just a growth mindset and more motivation. I know simple, but not easy. Like where do I get the motivation from? You listen to Daniel, you see Daniel, you're like, wow, Daniel's doing all that. And I remember Daniel in ninth grade, skipping classes. I remember Daniel in 10th grade, skipping classes. If Daniel could do that, then I could do that. And Daniel had the growth mindset. Daniel didn't settle like, oh, I skipped this class and I got a 90. That means I can skip all my classes. Daniel realized, oh, for the next four years, I kind of have to stick it out, even though I'm not going to do this class for the rest of my life. And so having that mindset, like, all right, this isn't a waste. This is growing my persevering muscles and everything is a benefit in somewhat. And so a growth mindset and motivation. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is a, that is a good answer. And I, I'd, I'd contend that our viewers think that is a good answer as well. One thing that I'd venture to say, one of the things our generation and not only our generation is lacking, but rather I think Americans or even you can even expand this out and say Westerners as a whole, they are losing this, this ability to say no. And that really connects us to the topic of this video. And the first, the first point I, I, I think we must hit, uh, you know, to give advice and to, to, to help people not only be able to say no in the, in the greater scheme with uh, in relation to other people in their communities and in their country, but they need to be able to say no to themselves on a personal level. And so one of the one of the the things that Gen Zers, but not only Gen Zers, but millennials and, and other Americans, because the truth is we are in the wealthiest, we are in a wealthy society. And so we do not need it, it. It is not becoming the best version of yourself is not as pressing as an issue as as it would be if you were, for example, in a society that was not as well off. Because if you were in a society that was not as well off, then be, becoming the best version of yourself is a matter of life or death. But we have the option to to kind of kind of, I guess, avoid that battle with ourselves to become the best versions of ourselves because we have so many commodities and because we have the ability to just say no because we are in a wealthy society. And so the first point I want to hit is the ability to say no in your personal life and how this relates to adopting good habits. And so Ethan, if you want to start us off with that. Yeah, so at this age, if you're listening to this, you're probably under 20. And it's easy to say no now because there's not a lot of risk. There's no one asking you if you want to start this or if you want to take this major in college. Like right now, all you have to say no to is if like Daniel, not Daniel, if John Doe says, oh, you want to go smoke, you say no. And so your, your muscles to say no and your muscles to be decisive grow a little bit bigger. And so right now it's like training camp for all of us. And you want to be trained before you get into the real field rather than being a rookie when you have to show out. And so there's a lot of stuff you have to say no to. Sometimes I have to say no to the thought that maybe I can't do entrepreneurship. Maybe I can't do a podcast because no one else is doing it. Maybe I can't be this because no one in my family has been that. And that's the saying no to myself. I have to say no 
that mindset is not serving me. Whoever told me that it doesn't really care about me all that much. I'm going to forget them in the next month. If I don't see them, they're going to forget me. Or if they remember me, they're going to be jealous in some sort of fashion that I didn't listen to the discouragement. And so sometimes you have to say no to certain mindsets to certain mental models or certain thoughts that intoxicate your brain or contaminate your brain. Because sometimes you're like, oh, I want to go on TikTok, but you have to say no. I know I want the dopamine. I know my brain has been getting it for eight hours for the past eight months. But you know what? Let's cut it down an hour. I'm not saying quit. I'm not saying be somebody that rebels whenever someone says you won't make it because everyone kind of has a reason to saying everything. So if Daniel's dad tells him, Daniel, just be an engineer. That's it. You don't have to be this. You don't have to be president. Daniel could be like, his dad is coming from a proper place. His parents are supposed to be a little more conservative, not politically, but less like tell your kid to play it safe because it's more secure and more stable. And you're supposed to be successful, like despite your parents' advice. No one really told their kid to be an actor in Hollywood. No one really told their kid to be this or that. Some parents are like that, but most aren't. And so sometimes you have to say no. Doesn't mean you have to be rebellious because I know some kids like when they hear this, they're like, I'm going to say no to everything. I'm going to be Superman. I'm going to grind. I'm going to be at the gym eight hours. I'm going to read 20 hours a day. But you also have that balance. I think one, I think one point that you, that you make that I want to kind of elaborate on for this point of saying no in your personal life, it's the fact that you say that, you said that, you know, if you're watching this, you're probably under 20 and you have the ability to say no to the little things now. And that is something that we see people of all ages not being able to, to, to say no to. You know, if you're not able to say no to uh, no to eating a cake rather than eating something that is healthier for you, how are you going to, going to say no when your boss wants you to complete uh, something that you think it's not that you think is not appropriate for you to complete? Or maybe uh, how are you going to say no uh, when your friend group is uh you know, you're, you're under pressure from your peers to do something that you know is not right. How are you going to say no to your friends if you are unable to say no to yourself? And so, uh, that is, that is, I think that's something that we need to, we need to kind of, I think that's something that we need to focus on at, at least for this part of the podcast, the inability for people to say no to themselves. Ethan, how do you think, what do you think people can do to essentially be able to say no to themselves because I personally, personally for me, the way I look at it is the ability to say no is the first step of improvement. If you see my, uh, my speech on Nicodemus and self-improvement, uh, self-improvement, at least according to the Bible. And I think, you know, it has a lot of merit in real life. Self-improvement comes in two stages, the ability to say no and to be, and to provide barriers for yourself by saying no. And then for, and then the second stage is you actively starting to seek out good habits. And so what well, I guess I guess what I'm trying to ask or what we we should talk about a bit is how do people how do people complete the first stage? How do they say no and set those barriers? All right, so there's a lot of things. I know Gen Z to go on a little tangent. Gen Z has a hard time with crucial conversations. There's a lot of memes like they can't ask for extra ketchup or when their coffee tastes bad, they're not willing to give it back and ask for an exchange. So there's a lot of things you got to say no to. And right now, it's little things. Like if your friend asks you for homework and they're chronically asking you for homework and you know what's for their best interest for them to start doing it, you can say no. Don't say no to me because sometimes I need the homework. But you could say no if your brain's... Well, I like to look at it like this. Your brain and mind are different. 
your brain is what's in your head and your mind is like what's overarching controlling it. Some people argue that your consciousness is like a field around your head. And so your brain and mind are two different things I would like to see say your subconscious mind as well. So your brain wants dopamine because it's a happy chemical and it thinks it's getting a reward for something it did. That's why when you play video games, you get a little bit of dopamine, you feel rewarded. Like I did a good job in Call of Duty or I did a good job in FIFA. And sometimes when you're eating, you're like, oh, this tastes good. And your brain, when you eat sugary food, your brain's just telling you this is good for me because it helps me run longer distances. It helps me expend more energy. But if you look at everything like that, you realize some stuff is a little bit pointless. And so sometimes we have to weigh the pros and cons in our head really quickly. Like if I eat this donut, will it matter tomorrow? And you're like, not really. But if I eat it every day, it's going to matter negatively. And so if you're even going to forget it in the next 30 seconds, like when you eat something bad, you're going to forget it in the next 30 seconds. It was going to taste good in the moment, but you're going to forget it then. And then you also have to say no to other things because you don't want to be in social situations and everyone's saying yes to it. And you have to go along and you have to say yes as well. You have to be an individual, like Daniel said. I There was a point that you were talking about within that response. And you, you talked about now in this, in this day and age, our dopamine or our reward system in our brains are being constantly hijacked by our phones, by the food that we eat. And so I think, or uh, I, I know this for a fact, one of the one of the response mechanisms or one of the great things about being a human being is being able being being conscious. So despite the fact that your reward system is ringing, hey hey, this donut is pretty good. I'm getting sugar so I can run more. You know, you know that hey no, this you know I I don't really work out that much. You know I'm I'm probably working an office job or I'm in school all day. And if I continue eating this donut, even though my my brain is telling me. Hey, yes, I know from my consciousness, because this is something that animals don't have, right? They, 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 animals who are not conscious, they act based solely on our reward system. But us as human beings, we have that ability to say, we have that ability to say, well, you know, my, my brain is telling me, yes, you know, masturbation is, 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 you know, is pleasurable or uh, eating a donut is pleasurable. However, uh, I know this is not good for myself. And that goes, uh, that essentially goes back to the idea of having a will, being an individual, right? If you surrender your, if you, if you surrender your, yourself, your consciousness, your logos to these animalistic instincts, because that's what it really is. Animalistic instincts that, that, that those are the instincts that animals adhere to. We adhere to the rational being, right? Kind of like what Immanuel Kant says about us having a, a, a natural being and a rational being, right? In order for us to cultivate and to improve our rational being, we need to be able to, we need to be able to act outside animalistic intentions. And so I think that is being able to say no, again, being able to say no to yourself when it comes to, for example, eating foods that are not good, to, good for you, that is important for you to become an individual with will. And you, and you may think, you know, uh, Daniel, you know, usually when we talk about individuals having will, we talk about it in the political sense where, you know, I have my own beliefs and I want to talk about my own beliefs. Your individual will start at you becoming the best person that you can become. And I think that is something that many people today lack. They don't understand that. And so it, it really starts, and you know, I'm a real believer that, I'm a real believer in doing things from, 
doing the small things because those small things, they will, your ability to do, to say no to the small things, your ability to do the small things will will eventually tell you or give you a sense of how well you're able to do the, how well you're able to do the big things. It is only when you can finish the small projects, you can do the big projects. And so like your brain has a mind of its own. So sometimes you want to do something, but you realize there's no positive benefit to it. There's only pleasure that comes out of it. There's no satisfaction or anything. So you got to have like a quick to-do list mechanism in your mind. I mean, quick pros and cons in your mind. So you're like, ah, what's the benefit of this? What's the negative of this? Am I doing this just for feeling? Am I doing this for long-term things? Because your brain doesn't realize what you're doing. Your brain doesn't realize what's fake and what's not fake. So there's a study that you showed a picture of a puppy and you get some chemical release in your brain and you thought of a picture of a puppy walking into a room and you get the same chemical release in your brain. So that's why when you, as Daniel said, when you masturbate, you feel a certain way because your brain doesn't know what's going on. And then you do, but you do. your brain eventually catches up and your brain's like, wait, you're just wasting energy to feel a certain way. There's no positive benefit of it benefit of this there's no use and so in that sense you have to check yourself sometimes and you're like am i what i'm doing is it serving me in any ways because sometimes you do something and you get pleasure from it but then long term it's only detrimental and that doesn't mean you have to eat food for fuel because i don't even do that or eat for performance i eat for pleasure too sometimes not all the time but for most of the times i know i can't control everything because my mom makes certain things and i know some of you guys don't have the liberty of buying your own food or being wherever you want to be, because sometimes you have to be home, whether it's for one reason or another, but you have some sort of autonomy. And I know some people trick themselves into thinking, when I get to college, I'm going to be so disciplined, or when I get to college, I'm going to be so free. We have a sense of freedom now. If you're spending eight hours on Instagram, you could do that eight hours doing almost anything, doing something positive, doing something negative, doing watching the Daniel I. Fresnes show, watching OK Zoomer podcasts. You control what you do on your phone. I know some of your parents check your phone, but some of your parents don't check your phone. And some of your parents kind of need to check your phone. I'm not saying they're gonna, but some of you guys do some crazy stuff on your phone. And you just have to realize, like, sometimes you have to think if someone's watching over me, what would I be doing this right now? If I saw myself third person with my mouth open, looking at pixels on a box that I'm holding on my phone, is that like rational? Like, what am I doing? Am I doing this for the chemicals? Am I just doom scrolling yeah, yeah. for hours and hours? And so, there was a, a joke Joe Rogan said that looking at your hand for hours is better than looking at your phone. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Being able to ask those questions, being able to question your reward system or to question your animalistic instincts is what makes you human. It's, it's the rational being. And, uh, and Immanuel, Immanuel Kant, uh, he, he extends this and says, this is why we are all worthy of respect. That's that's for another another video about rights and whatever. But being able to ask those questions, being able to question yourself, to question your your animalistic animalistic instincts, and is and is is being human, and to be able to say yes or no to those questions and act on those questions and act on that answer is what makes you a better individual. And so, uh, I was gonna move move us on to to saying no in in the first circle of of I guess the first collective realm, right? So we, we just explored saying no in, in the individual realm. I'm going to, we're, we're going to expand a bit. We're going to, we're going to explore saying no in the, in the, in the closest, the, the collective realm closest to you, which is your friend group, your, your, your friend group, essentially. And so if you want to start this, you want to start, you know, the, the, uh, saying no in your, in your friend group, if you want to start, 
what you think about well, that. If we want to start the closest circle, we can start with our family. Sometimes your family wants to go out and eat this elaborate meal, but you know that you've been watching yourself and you know, you can't, sometimes it's hardest to teach your family. Or it's hardest to tell your family what to do, even if it's for their best interest, because they saw you when you were born. So they're like, what does this kid know? Even if they're not doing it consciously. So sometimes you have to be like, mom and dad, I'm going to be in my room today and I'm going to do what I have to do when they're watching TV as a family. That doesn't mean isolate yourself, but that means sometimes you have to have a little bit of autonomy and you have to know your parents, they've already, for a lack of better sense, made it. And sometimes they're not conscious of every time you have a homework assignment or what have you. And so they don't even know that. So sometimes you have to be like, mom and dad, I got to do homework right now. Even if it's not a normal time you do homework, even if it feels like you're kind of shunning them, sometimes you have to do what you have to do and they'll understand it later on. They might not understand it in the moment because they're like, oh, my son's being impulsive. He just doesn't want to hang out with us. But sometimes you have to do that. And with your friend group, sometimes you, you got homework, but you want to hang out with your friends and you haven't seen them in a long time. And most of the time I would say, hang out with your friends in this day and age, because we barely see our friends and socialization is very important. And you could just send your teacher an email. Hey, sorry, I was hanging out with my friends. I haven't seen them in a long time. It made me really happy. Can I have an extension? And so sometimes it's better to beg for forgiveness and ask for permission. And so, yeah, and your friend group, and sometimes you have to say no. Like sometimes maybe Daniel will make fun of me. He won't for having a podcast and being like, Ethan, why is it so choppy? Ethan, why are you stuttering or what have you? Sometimes I have to say no to Daniel. Like, Daniel, I'm not going to listen to you. You don't have my best interest in mind right now. But eventually he will. Like now he does. He never didn't. But now he's encouraging it. And I'm sure in the beginning he was a little hesitant, like, ah, this sounds all right. I don't know about this. So sometimes you have to reject whatever impression they're trying to put on you because not every expression needs it. Not every impression needs an expression. I think I, I think you're I think you're hitting at it at an extremely important part. And you know, for the viewers out there, remember what I talked about about you being able to do the small things so you can be able to act on those big things as well. What Ethan is talking about essentially is you know, showing respect to your friends. I mean, they are your friends. They are your family. You know, you have to know when, you you know, to 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 show respect to them because if you don't show respect to them, then there's huge consequences uh, when you don't, especially with your, your parents, uh, but also with your friends. If you don't show respect to your friends, you're going you're gonna to lose your friends. But that does not mean you have to give yourself or give your personal, uh, you have to, uh, separate your your person or or give away your your personal will your individual will so you can maintain those friends and I think that is something that many people especially teenagers because teenagers are are are, are hyper they're they're hypersensitive to their hierarchy to their triangle uh, not to the triangle to their circle right uh, I was thinking of, of a hierarchy there so <laughs> I I said triangle but they're hypersensitive to their to their circles and so. They're, they're really, they, they do not want to lose their friends because when you're in your teenage years, your friends are everything, right? I'm not going to lie about that. When you're in your teenage years, your friends are everything. And so what we, we see is, 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 um, people kind of taking advantage of that, especially in teenage circle, uh, teenage circles where they say, uh, you know, we want to do something that may not be uh, healthy for you. It may not uh, be good for you. And you know it's not good for you. Your will is telling you no, right? You know, you're exerting your human ability to question, right? And you're saying, well, is that is that thing that my friend group want is the thing that my friend group wants wants me want me to do? Is that good? Hmm, no, right? And acting remember, acting on the answer 
Acting on the answer of that question you asked yourself is conducive to becoming the best individual you become. People lack, lack that second step. They're unable to act on a second step because they're hypersensitive to their friend group. And they think that, hey, you know, if I don't say, they think to themselves, hey, if I don't um, say yes to uh, uh, Stephanie, uh, uh, then I'm going to lose her as a friend. First things first, I'm, I'm going to make two quick points here. Uh, and Ethan, you can respond if you want to. First, you know, if, if your friend is so insistent on you doing something that they want to do and they do not want to keep your best interest in heart as well, then you should maybe also question whether uh, that friend is good for you or not. Uh, and, and the second point is, you know, referring back to that first point about, you know, small things carry on, carry on into big things. If you are unable to keep your individual identity, your individual will with your friend group, how are you expected to do that in the greater society? When society when when society is telling you something that you probably shouldn't do, maybe it's stone your your neighbor because I don't know they 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 said something that your your community don't want you to your community doesn't want your your neighbor to say. How are you if you're unable to say no to the people you know best? How are you able to say no to the people you may not know as well in greater society? And so those are the main two points I, I, I wanted to make. You know, if 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 you question what your friend group is is telling you to do what to do, if you question it, you say and you you are unable to to act on the answer of that question to become a better person because you are afraid of what your friends will do to you. A question what whether those friends are actually healthy or those friends are a, a a healthy group of people you should be interacting with but also be know that if you're unable to express yourself as 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 the person you are as the individual you are if you're unable to exert your will where it is needed right i'm not saying to exert your will on your friends and make your friends do whatever you want to do but if you are unable to let them know of your will, if you're unable to let them know of in, of the individual that you are, how are you to do the same when strangers are telling you to do things that you shouldn't do? All right. So, yeah, I know there's very few athletes, this is an example, that could practice poorly and show out in the game. And you can't expect yourself to be lollygagging during practice and walking around and expect yourself to show out in the game. I know there's a lot of people that think when you turn 18 years old, there's a chemical mixture that covers your body on the inside and you become super vigilant, super motivated, and you have all this testosterone, or you have all this energy. It's not the case. It doesn't happen. That's why there's a lot of people that aren't where they thought they were going to be because they didn't prepare for it when they knew they should have been because they thought it was just going to come naturally. And even if the different scenarios of saying no, even if you have to separate your friends, like everyone talks about, oh, if your friends are being racist, you have to talk to them. I 100% agree with that. But I'd also like to add, if your friends are gossiping, sometimes you have to separate yourself and tell them sometimes. You might have to tell them, or maybe you just keep it internal. Like gossiping isn't good. It leads to a lot of negative things. It contaminates your brain. Or maybe if they're complaining all the time, you're like, guys, you don't stop complaining. It's, it's getting a little overboard. It's getting a little annoying. You guys are turning into weak people. I see it before my eyes. I've seen my friends that like to complain about school or what have you turn into lazy people and distracted people because they just kept telling their brain, this is not good. This is not how it should be. I'm not going to do it unless I get my way. 
or blah, 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 because there's a difference between advocating and complaining. And I've seen kids that gossip all the time, and now all they do is gossip, all they do is judge other people. And people don't like you if you gossip or complain. Gossiping and complaining is annoying. And Socrates said, weak minds uh, talk about people, average minds talk about events, and strong minds talk about ideas. And so you don't want to be a weak mind. I know when you're a teenager, it's easy because of the social hierarchy and everyone's hyper-social, even though we're probably not going to be friends with most of your friends in the future, you're probably going to still have a few friends, but most of the friends you're complaining about now or talking with now or gossiping with now or gossiping about now, you're not going to remember them in the future. Remember them, but you're going to still have the habit too. You're still going to have the habit of gossiping even after. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. Uh, <clears throat> there's, uh, there, there's, there's kind of this, you, everybody knows the phrase, you're the average of your, your five friends. Uh, and you know, that that's I, I i mean from personal experience i think everybody have anecdotal experience of how that phrase is true that 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 fact that posit that you know you're the average of your five friends makes it even more important that you are able to express your will to your other five friends or you're able to to find the, the five friends that are able to respect you as an individual and as a matter of fact raise you as an individual if about the yeah. five friends you can also if you don't have a lot of friends you can also help your five friends improve you don't have to yeah. separate yourself every time because then what are they going to do you don't have to be their savior but you can't leave them hanging in the sense that's a little bit messed up and that's where will comes in yeah yeah if yeah. daniel's being lazy i'm like you know what daniel has a lot of potential i don't look at everybody like who has potential who can help me in the future but i was like you know i'm not gonna let daniel suffer and i'm not gonna go out of my way to make a new friend group and i could just raise the one i have now and sometimes you think you're, these five people are going to accept you because they're ambitious and you're ambitious, but sometimes that's not the case. And then you're going to lose the friends you once had. And you're not going to get the friends you thought you were going to have. So sometimes you got to think, oh, this advice says this, this advice says work a hundred hours a week, but I don't want to burn out. So sometimes you have to think for yourself. And as Daniel said, you have to have personal will. You can't just listen to the, what this guru is telling you, or what this finance guy is telling you, what this mindset guy is telling you. You have to think for yourself sometimes. And so, yeah, definitely. Uh, so Ethan, you alluded to to uh, the next portion of our of the next topic we have to explore uh, uh, within the topic of, of saying no and having a will and that's saying no to authority and specifically when is it fine to say no and when is it fine to defer to uh, uh, to defer to authority and you kind of touched upon it with your with your parents where you you know sometimes you know where you said you know your parents may have your your best interest at heart and that's probably a time where you want to defer to to the authority figures in your life which will be your mom and your dad uh but there are also times we have to say no to authority where authority you know where where authority i guess in a grand scheme may not have an interest in heart because the difference between authority uh as in the government or in authority as in your 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 uh parents is that your parents always have your best interest at heart even though it may not be something that you want to do but authority in a grand scheme when it comes to like for example governments it may not have your best interest at heart all the time and so you know we've we've kind of we've went from saying no in the individual sense to saying no within your close circle within your friend group to saying so so now we were we want to explore saying no when it comes to authority what what are your thoughts on saying no when it comes to authority you talked about it a bit but what are your thoughts sometimes 
your parents have your best interest, but they also are like to play it safe. It's just natural for parents to do that. So a lot of our form of rebellion may not be terrible. My form of rebellion is not smoking, but rather being super ambitious and wanting to be an entrepreneur when a lot of my family works for the city. And Daniel's uh, rebellion, not everyone has to be rebellious, but almost all teenagers are rebellious in some sort of fashion. Daniel's rebellion might not be smoking, but it might be like, dad, you want me to be this or you want me to play it safe? I'm not going to play it safe. I'm going to start when I'm 16. Your dad might want you to start when you're 18 or 25 in order to have a better grasp on everything. And that's 100% true. But sometimes we have to experiment ourselves. And as I said before, a lot of the successful people, they didn't get the social permission from their parents. But that doesn't, I'm not saying to take crazy risks, but I'm saying to think about different things. I'm saying, I'm also saying, listen to your parents 100%, obey your mother and father. But sometimes you have to think for yourself and you're like, hmm. And sometimes your teachers like do this assignment and some teachers, they don't know, they're not really relevant. They are stuck in their time period or whatever. And so they're like, oh, do this, do this, go to college, do this. And they give you a timeline that may not be for you. Going to college may be for you, but their step afterwards may not be for you. Maybe you want to be an entrepreneur. Maybe you want to be, you want to work somewhere and everyone's telling you to take risks and you're like, you're a little anxious and you're like, the best thing for me to do is just take a steady job. And so sometimes people may have your best interest in mind, but they might not know you very well. So they don't really know what your best interest is. They don't know what the best outcome for you is. They don't know the type of person you are, the type of person you're going to be, the type of person you were. And so sometimes you have to say no to the standards or limitations people put you on or the bubble people put you in. You're like, no, uh, as much as I'm a friend with Daniel, this is just an example. As much as I'm a friend with Daniel, we're going two different paths. He believes in this and I believe in this. And so no, me and him are not going to do this or no, me and him are not exactly the same. I know people like to put everything into bubbles because it's much easier for them rather than tailoring a time path for you. So sometimes your, your high school is like, oh, go to community college or go to city college so you could play it safe and so you could transfer out afterwards. But I know for me, Mr. just an example, I can't take the state or city college route to Ivy League because I know how easily I get distracted. And so they don't know that about me though. And so sometimes I have to take what they say with a grain of salt. I can't completely ignore it because everything has a little bit of truth. Everyone says something for a reason in itself, as even if it sounds kind of whack or what have you, there's a reason maybe my parents say, take a city job because it's stable. There's a reason they may tell this person this thing because it's stable or it's safe. And a lot of people don't want to be the reason you fail, but there's also, they could be the reason that you take the big risk and you get the big reward. A lot of people don't want to tell Daniel to take this big risk because with big risk become uh, come big failures, but also a big risk, even though it's less probable, become big rewards. And so sometimes you have to say no and you kind of have to find out on your own. You can't put yourself in a little box. Pretty, I, that answer is, 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 is pretty good. I, when I look at this, this, this topic of saying, saying no to authority it's interesting this topic is interesting because i think we have a bit i think our culture right now incentivizes people to say no to every single grain of authority every single piece of it and so there there there's 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 a there's kind of like this incentivization or people are being incentivized in the culture in our culture today to say no to authority for the sake of saying no and the result of that is people missing uh good advice from authority figures who give advice like parents and this 
this kind of descent to chaos, the unknown. Uh, if you want to talk about the the chaos and order dynamic, uh, um, if you want to talk about this chaos and order dynamic, where people are, we need some authority in our lives. We need a government. We need people to defer to things like the constitution, to to laws, in order for us to be able to interact with each other and to be able to express ourselves in in a society. But we have a culture where it is it is expedient for somebody to. Uh, for example, to become famous or to uh, get money by uh, essentially taking dumps on uh, authority that many would contend isn't uh, necessarily tyrannical. Yeah, I mean, authority is very important. We all need guidelines in one sense or another, but we don't need programming. And I see why some people are repelled because they feel like some people feel like what's guidelines is programming and some people feel like what's programming is actually guidelines so some people they don't have an understanding of what's why something's there why can't i curse in front of kids why can't i run in front of cars why can't i do my own thing why can't i become an actor and there's almost a reason for everything and so if i didn't listen to all the school's policies i'd probably probably be failing right now i might be kicked out of school and there's a reason for that but i don't have to listen to all the school's programming to play it safe in high school, play it safe in college, and then get a job from there. Because a lot of people praise, whether it be entrepreneurs or politicians, but nobody tells people to become those. And so sometimes you have to take your own route. And sometimes you have to realize like what they're doing, what they're saying, why are they saying this? You don't have to immediately, some people, their immediate response is ignore it or do the opposite of what they say because they're rebellious or what have you. But there's a reason Daniel's parents are like, Daniel, don't go out after eight o'clock. And Daniel's like, what the heck? What happens after eight o'clock? Blah, blah, blah. And you don't, Daniel doesn't want to learn what happens negatively. So he'd think, all right, why are they telling me this? All right, that's good. Versus his parents telling Daniel, never go outside, never do this. It's dangerous outside. Daniel's like, wait, are they, is this programming in a sense? Or why were they misinformed? Because I know a lot of authorities misinformed and they tell misinformation to people that they're supposed to be authority over. And so what I'll say is, think, why are they telling me this? Is it rational? Because don't be one of those kids that like, I'm different. I'm immediately going to say no to whatever the teacher says. I'm going to be the funny kid in the class. I'm going to be the kid that goes his own way. And so just take a step back and reflect on whatever is being told to you or whatever advice you're being given or whatever guidelines are being put around you. I know I haven't really thought about this enough, so this might not be the answer you're looking for. This is the answer I I, I think that a lot of, a lot of, um, so we, we, we kind of like explored the, the, uh, culture to incentivize people, uh, I guess deferring or not deferring, but saying no to authority almost way too many times. And there's not a, a healthy, a healthy balance. I, there's, there's, there's kind of this, this, this climate within our, within the West right now. Where everything, uh, I I guess there's there's kind of this deconstruction of of all authoritative concepts and not only concepts because they're these because authoritative uh, things that we adhere to don't only exist in the abstract but they exist in the concrete. Uh, there there's kind of this there's this deconstruction of everything that we adhere to. For example science right you know it, there's there's this notion that like science is the um the work 
I, I guess postmodernists would say science is kind of is is the work of of a, a a certain group who wants to assert their their power onto other other groups, and that's how you get you know uh, uh, critical theorists saying that you know it is epistemic violence to not know to to ignore other ways of knowing. What? How do we rebound? And I, I might trip in this this too. How do we rebound from this over glorification, I guess, of people saying no to authority when authority is really what is necessary for us to act in our individual capacity to become the best versions of ourselves in certain situations? Yeah, okay. So I would say some people are placed in your life to give you a great piece of advice that could take you somewhere or help make a connection and everything. And so we also have to realize, like, sometimes we, we no, most of the time, I'd say always listen to your parents. There's no reason not to listen to your parents. Your parents might think a certain way that you disagree with, but try to listen to them and try to take their advice. Because as I said, they have your best interests in mind. And so in order to not reject authority, we also have to realize why is the authority there? Why do we have a principal to help keep the school in order? Why do we have teachers to help teach the kids? As much as you may think they're indoctrinating you or oh, giving yeah. you bad advice, yeah. they most or of the time they're giving it. you quality yeah. advice because they have experience. And so we also see with a lot of people that don't uh, hate authority and they reject all authority, they turn into people with their master's degree that don't know where they want to go because they didn't listen to being an engineer because who wants to be an engineer? They're just telling me that's so I could be a robot. They didn't listen to being a teacher because who wants to be a teacher or what have you? And then a lot of the times they wind up going back to school and they wind up getting their teacher's license. So they wind up going back to school and becoming an engineer. Don't be someone who rejects authority and then winds up having to go back and spend way more time than you had to. I want to actually extend on that. And you know, that you're, you're talking, you're, you're talking about that on like a personal, like individual level, but I, uh, I'm going to expand on that uh, and, you know, talk about what you just said. And like the, I guess, when we're talking about us as a society, you know, there are certain authoritative concepts and contentions that we adhere to. And because, and the, 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 re, you know, the, the probable result of us trying to deconstruct everything and saying that all these different authoritative figures, all, you know, the government, you know, uh, philosophical contentions that we adhere to because there are certain there you know people don't get this but there are certain philosophical uh philosophical notions that we adhere to that we uh deem as authoritative like naturalism um when we deconstruct everything we can end up going back to a time where we do not have all the wealth that we have and you know and you might be wondering you know danny you're going way you know you're expanding it extremely uh, you're expanding what Ethan said extremely. I you, you kind of lost the connection there. What I'm trying to what Ethan basically said is, you know, there are times where you need to adhere to authority because the authority, authoritative figures know what is best for you because they've been there before. And just because you you know you wanted to ignore that authoritative figure because just for the sole fact, just because you know, just because you know, who cares? You know, I'm me. I I want to do whatever I want. There's you know. Uh, there's a, a completely new um, uh, a completely new person in town and you know I'm gonna do whatever I want once you end up be, you know you know because you 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 did not listen to to that authoritative figure you end up losing more in life you end up losing the time that you could have spent doing something else and it and and 
this is this is how uh, how I connected it to what I just said about people, you know, about you know people starting to deconstruct all of the authoritative contentions that we adhere to. So you're wondering how how does that connect? How does what Ethan says? So essentially, what Ethan contended was, do not do not omit authoritative advice or do not ignore authority for the sake of ignoring authority. And you, you may be wondering, Daniel, how did you connect that to uh, the, our culture today? And let me tell you how I connect, uh, how I'm connecting that to uh, you know our culture today. People are, they are ero- essentially eroding our author, our our authoritative, uh, for lack of a better term, things. Right? We, we, people are are you know they are kind of eroding at authority uh, uh, at authoritative philosophical contentions at authoritative uh authoritative uh departments such as the government uh and, and things like that people are are kind of eroding at those things for the sake of eroding them for the sake of destroying them and just like that person who ended up getting their master's degrees master degree at X thing and they realize X thing is useless to them and now they have to go back from from the beginning we might end up because we might be regressing back we might end up destroying things that have allowed us to be so successful and we may end up back at zero and you know again let me give you an example you know I gave you the example of you know people's uh, uh, contending people arguing that science is not uh, something an objective measure, you know, a a a way of objectively viewing the world around us, and thus using science as a way to 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 make decisions that are greater than the individual. People are, I kind of went on the right here, but people are are sort of sort of just stabbing science to death for the sake of destroying science and. You know, there are people who are making contentions that, you know, science is, you know, the the product of the white man or something like that. You know, and there are legit scholars in academia who are making contentions like that, eroding science, essentially, uh, for for the sake of it. And uh, destroying authority like that, like naturalism, like government, like our constitution, authoring authority figures, not because they're tyrannical, but for the sake of doing it, because there's a cultural incentive to take a poop on uh, authority, it can lead us down a really dark path. So don't forsake authority for the sake of forsaken authority. Yeah, if if you t- take anything from this, I just say, what I'm saying is don't be a robot. And what Daniel's saying is don't be a rebel. And what I'm saying is have a filter. And Daniel's saying, don't be a fool. And so you have to realize why are you doing a certain thing? Your brain could be telling you to do this, whether it's be rebellious or I know a lot of people like to say abolish the system, whatever system it may be, but you have to realize, am I going to side with them? What is their thought process? I may disagree with them. You don't have to go a certain way because everyone else is going that way. And you don't have to reject a certain thing because everyone else is rejecting it. I know some people are like, oh, school should teach this. School shouldn't teach that. I may disagree with them. You may disagree. I may be saying 
try to be more of a leader and you may be disagreeing because you're like, oh, if there's too many leaders, it'll interfere with each other. Or you may be saying, oh, if everyone listens to Ethan, no one's going to pay attention in school and that's not good. Uh, no one should listen to me in general. You should have a filter. Your filter may filter me out. Your filter may filter Daniel out. Your filter may filter the advice someone's giving you out. But don't be a fool and don't ignore it just for the sake of ignoring it. Don't ignore it because Daniel said Ethan's not smart. Don't ignore it because someone said Ethan has terrible views on this or Ethan has terrible views on that. You have to think for yourself. Yes. Yes. All right. So with that, with that, you know, saying no to authority, it kind of slides us into a phenomenon in our, our culture today. Uh, and a lot of people uh know this uh to be or they they the, the name for this is cancel culture and so essentially uh people some people would contend that there you know cancel culture doesn't actually exist but i again like i said there is a culture incentivizing people to essentially be fools and forsake authority for the for the the sake of forsaking authority and one of the the side effects of that is essentially banishing people from polite society and banishing people from polite society. And what are those people who are being banished? People who, uh, people who realize that authority has a central role in their life, that authority does provide order, that science does provide an objective reality that we all adhere to, that the, our constitution has its uses and it's in it's in the constitution is there for us to be able to live as Americans side by side without us killing each other. And, you know, this, I guess this is for another topic, but you know, the idea that, you know, all authority, all order that civilization provides is, uh, demoting man to a lesser state. This Rousseauing idea is the basis for leftist thought in, in a way. Uh, but what I want to really get to with Ethan, Ethan is, no matter where you are in, in the political spectrum, no matter who you are, what you believe, I do believe there is a cancel culture. And what I guess Ethan can start us off here. What are the ramifications for not saying no to people banishing you from polite society for any reason at all? Okay, so I could, I could not host a podcast out of being scared of being canceled. Daniel could not host his show out of being scared for being canceled. But we decided we'll take the small risk, uh, sorry for my cat, of having a podcast, of having his show, and because we feel like it could help people. So we'll take the risk because the reward is great. The reward is helping people, which is the greatest reward you can have, the greatest satisfaction you could have. And so I'd like to say Daniel and I have the goal of we're going to filter a little bit because we don't want to be canceled before we can make an impact, but we're not going to filter everything. We're not going to just submit be submissive to whatever they tell us to say or be submissive to whatever they tone to tell us to say it. So we're going to say what we want to say, how we're going to say it with a filter, of course. We're not going to just be shameless and what have you. But we have to understand, like, a lot of kids don't share their mind because they feel like, what if I get canceled? What if I get canceled for telling the class stop making fun of this teacher because the teacher is actually pretty cool? You guys are just a little bit annoying. Because I know some of you guys have probably felt that your class has been annoying but you didn't want to say anything because you didn't want to be the odd one out. And so you just go with the flow. And so sometimes I would say you got to be an individual. You have to take the risk of being canceled. I'm not saying be shameless or what have you, but 
don't be so weary and don't be so filtered because Daniel could just talk about pop culture and there's no ramifications to talking about pop culture. But Daniel I, wants to talk about philosophy, which has a lot of negative, I guess, risks associated socially. Yeah, I, I think there there are two points that you that I want to kind of elaborate on that you kind of brushed upon as you were giving your answer. One about radicalization uh, from from people not being able to express their opinions. And the, the second thing, it, it kind of escaped me uh, a bit. And that's choosing your battles. Yeah, choosing your battles. So the first the first point. One of the, the one of the one of your contentions within your answer about uh, what are, uh, the ramifications of 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 not being able to say no to cancel culture is uh, people not being able to express their opinions. You know, I wouldn't start this podcast. Ethan wouldn't start this. Um, uh, wouldn't start his podcast or or give his opinions. And um, what that really does is it it really causes bad ideas. The fester in the dark corner. If you ban almost everybody from polite society, then there will be there'll be actual dangerous conspiracy theories. There'll be really bad ideas that cannot be debated, that cannot be refuted. Uh and and that's kind of what, what happens in, in 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 greater human history. Remember, it was only a few hundred years ago where we could uh have uh free speech, free free dis- discourse. You know, it was only 250-ish years ago where that was enshrined in supreme law that we call the Constitution. And so, for for the most part of history, why do you think, why do you think for the, for the better part of history, there were very small, actual, moral, moral, uh, I guess, moral improvement to, improvements to the human condition, but after the 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 start of um after the start of making sure free speech is a crucial part to a culture and is uh recognized legally why is it after that we start seeing massive moral improvements in the human condition right for the better part of human history there was slavery right and and people had slaves but you know if you if you talked against the, the 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 fact that people had slaves right if you talked against the fact that people were racist or sexist or x or y or z you would get you, you would get essentially i guess you you would get destroyed <laughs> by by other humans who, who think well no i'm not going to they essentially canceled you but not in the digital sense in the literal sense Right, if you spoke out against uh their 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 morality, and we even seen this in America, even though we had free speech enshrined in the Constitution, uh, you know people people say you know well if I was you know if I was a uh, a person back then you know I would have been an abolitionist. Statistically speaking, most people would not have been an abolitionist, and the abolitionists were getting huge blowback. For speaking their mind, uh, uh, there was this abolitionist. I, I believe his name was Elijah Lovejoy. He got huge blowback. I think he ended up getting murdered, right? And that was in a country with free speech enshrined in the Constitution. Imagine nations and civilizations without free speech, with <laughs> without free speech inside the civilization. For example, uh, I think it was I think it's in Rome. Uh, you know, there were people who were converting to Christianity, and you know. 
the blowback was they would get killed. How so? By thousands of people watching you uh, fight other Christians or or uh, fight different things. I believe that what happened in Rome, and you know people can fact check me on that. But that's what happened for the betterment of human history. That's what happened. You questioned the status quo. You questioned the morality of other humans. You questioned slavery. You questioned sexism. You questioned racism. You would get killed. You would get canceled literally. And the, and and it is only only 250 years ago we had legal recognition, uh, a legal recognition of free speech that allowed people that give people legal co- cover even though they didn't have cultural cover, right? Abolitionists didn't have the cultural cover to speak their minds, but they certainly had the legal cover to speak their minds. And that's how they forcefully gave their opinions to the Americans who refused to listen. And that's why today we can probably say we are against slavery. We can probably say we are against sexism. We can probably say we are against these things. And that is because we were able to create a culture and a a legal system that acknowledges people who have dissenting opinions. And so that's the first point. The second point you kind of brushed on, and I want to get deeper into it, is choosing your battles. And so we have people who uh, who are aware of cancel culture, but instead of choosing their battles and and trying to prove to people why cancel culture should be canceled, essentially, (laughs) why cancel culture should be canceled, they kind of, they, they, they act like fools and they, they actively seek to be canceled for the sake of being canceled. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a perfect way for people to say, you know, maybe cancel culture isn't that bad because he is saying some ridiculous stuff just for us to, just, just to get on our nerves. Right. And that's something you shouldn't be doing. Right. You, right. You, you, you've acknowledged the problem. That's the first step, right? You've acknowledged there's cancel culture or there's, there's problem X, there's problem Y. You choose your battles now. That is the second step. Do not for the sake of just angering other people. Oh, I want to anger those lip tarts. Oh, I want to anger people on the right. Do not just for the sake of that, you know, do not for the, just for the sake of angering other people, try to, to, uh, to do whatever you want to do, you know, do X or do Y. Because that's a, sh- trust me, that is a perfect way of not solving the problem. And so we see a lot of people today who acknowledge cancel culture exists, but instead of actually, you know, proving to people why it shouldn't exist, they they feed, they, they add on to the problem by essentially proving to people why it should exist when it shouldn't. So those were two, those were two kind of, um, you brushed on these things, right? You know, not acting like a fool and uh, also, you know, uh, us being able to take the risk. We have to take the risk in order to speak our minds because there are huge ramifications if we do not. Those are two things I've, I've heard from what you said, Ethan. Yeah, I'd also say, like, no one knows who the bad guy is. So now we feel like censoring one side is better because of this or what have you. But that's not going to show us the holes in our practice or the holes in your practice. And so we kind of have to listen to everyone, even if we have to take it with a grain of salt, because I know some people are speaking on impulse or they're just giving an expression to an impression they have. And it may be a little bit exaggerative, but we can't filter everything one side says or everything one person says. I can't filter everything Daniel says, because yesterday, yesterday Daniel said, that my cousin is a little dumb or what have you. It might've just been a uh, issue in the moment or what have you. 
And so we also have to realize no one knows who's wrong. No one knows which side is wrong because as Daniel said, you guys may have not been the standout abolitionist you thought you may have been. If you're not even willing to ask the waiter for an extra this or ask to exchange this or you're too anxious to do this or that, you can't judge people like Daniel. You can't judge other people for being expressive because the more you express yourself, the higher the probability of you being wrong. The more you go outside, the higher the probability of you getting hit by a car. That doesn't mean you are going to get hit by a car, but you're not going to get hit by a car really if you're indoors. But you can't isolate yourself indoors in order to avoid being hit by a car. You have to have some filter. You have to think, why am I doing this? Why should I do this? And you have to understand like the pros and cons of everything. You know, like I'm going to go outside because I need fresh air and it helps keep me sane. I'm I'm not going to get close to people or what have you, but I'm also not going to isolate myself in my home. Even if this person says it's the right idea, even if this person says it's the right idea, I'm not this person. I'm not Daniel. I'm not John Doe. I can't do this. I can't stay home all day. I'm not uh, Jane Doe. I can't go to parties without my mask on or what have you. And you have to understand, you have to think for yourself most of the time. And you have to, you can't ignore them because they may have some sort of advice that may help you. And so you can't completely ignore John Doe because there's a reason he's staying home. You can't completely ignore Jane Doe because why is she going out and partying? Because she developed a lot of toxic energy, let's just say. And I know a lot of people, like, they get all this energy that cultivates and then they let it out in one shot instead of being steady over the course of a time period. Because I know I went out for walks every day. And so I have no urge to go to parties. I have no urge to go to a place without masks. But some people that stood home all the time, now they they gave in and now they go to this place, they go to this person's house or what have you. And so you can't always judge people because they may have been judging me when I went for my walks. This is an example. And then now they gave in and this happened. So you have to take advice. You have to learn from other people. You have to analyze other people because it's a lot easier to learn from others' mistakes than it is to learn from yours. And also, if you're not even willing to make mistakes, like Daniel and I are willing to make mistakes. We know we're going to make a lot of mistakes in the early days of our podcast, in the early days of whatever we may be doing, but we're going to suck it up because we know the reward is great. We know if people actually listen, we're probably going to get canceled, not get canceled, but the higher, the more people that listen, the more likely we are to get canceled. The more people that listen, the more likely we are to help somebody. And so you have to take the risk sometimes. And you have to take the risk of listening to this person, even though they may say something terrible or what have you, but they also may say something that helps you. And so you can't be a fool and filter out everything, but you also, you got to be your own person, but you have to understand different things. I, I, I don't know entirely what I'm saying, but I know there's something in there that maybe you can learn from, or maybe you could develop in your thought process. To, to tip, uh, to, to, to kind of wrap it all off or for saying no to cancel culture essentially what what i think me and ethan are trying to say is you know being able to exert your will on the on the impression of greater society is conducive to a free and healthy society remember i said this before in the beginning right that that um the individual needs to be able the the will of the individual and the fact that every individual has a will and they're able to say no because saying no proves that you have a will is conducive to a free and healthy society. What cancel culture essentially does is that it artificially, it artificially cuts off your will, certain parts of your will, certain parts of your beliefs in order to fit you in with fit you in the collective. So there's two ways 
people end up being in this collective where the 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 dangerous collective. Because remember, in the beginning, in the beginning during my monologue, I said there are two types of collective collectives. Collectives where individuals come together, not sacrificing their will, but coming together to do something great. And there's a collective where people surrender their individual beliefs to a collective ideal. And, and that's that's the one that is dangerous for a free and healthy society. Now, there, there are two ways. There, there are kind of two ways you can end up having a, that dangerous type of collective. There are two ways. There is a uh, there is a kind of voluntary way, and there is a... Uh, uh, Corey, uh, uh, I'm kind of, uh, I kind of uh, don't have water in my throat right now, but kind of this co- coercive way of of making people submit to this collective, giving their will to be a part of this collective, right? There's a voluntary way and there's a forceful way. The voluntary way is what we see a lot today. That's not the cancel culture variant. That is people, uh, for example, remember when we talked about the friend groups, not being able to not being able to say no to your friends and assert your will. There are people who are unable to assert their will within the collective. And so they just go along with whatever, whatever their, their group is saying, whatever beliefs that their group is saying as a collective, not as an individual. Right. And, and so they just voluntary, voluntarily go with it, voluntary, voluntarily go with it. The second way is fourfold. It's it's, it's a coercive way, the coercive, uh, manner in which people kind of fit into this dangerous type of collective and that is cancel culture right where people you know in our society we have a culture of people we should have a culture an ideal we should have a culture of people being able to dissent to provide dissenting opinions and for people to talk to each other without fear of being digital digitally or in some instances literally canceled right and so cancel culture kind of feeds into that second dangerous dangerous form of collective collectivism right that dangerous form of collectivism where you surrender your will you surrender the individual to the collective cancel culture it's a forceful right cancel remember the voluntary the voluntary and the and the uh and the forceful right those two manner uh those two uh forms of uh those those two i guess ways of becoming a part of this dangerous collective that i speak of cancel culture uh, endorsing cancel culture or promulgating cancel culture in our society is uh uh is a a a almost perfect way of having people form that dangerous collective and by extension endanger our free and healthy society. And so the the last thing I want to uh kind of uh talk about with Ethan is saying no to a polarized political climate. So now we've gone from the 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 individual right? The unit of reality, the individual himself, herself. And now we're talking about greater culture today because today we see two factions, just two splitting factions. And we, we, you know, most Americans are actually centrist, right? They, 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 they have beliefs from both sides of the political aisle, but right now the culture incentivizes people or it gives voices to people who surrendered themselves as individuals to one political group or the other political group. And so, uh, how do we, how do we solve this? I mean, saying no is the solution, but do you want to elaborate on that, Ethan? We solve it by 
being the change. If everyone cleans the front of their house, the whole world will be clean. So you don't have to worry if this person is acting a certain way or if this person believes a certain way, or you don't have to worry about if this news media is tailoring to a certain audience. We just have to focus on ourselves, and we have to try to be the change. We can't either expect if everyone changes, then I'll change, or if no one changes, then I won't change. We just, we have to do that. We can't always talk about our philosophy. Daniel can't always talk about how bad cancel culture is. Daniel has to embody it. Daniel has to have controversial opinions on. Daniel has to have controversial statements. He doesn't have to be shameless and try to be canceled, but he doesn't always have to try to filter out everything in order to not get this person mad or in order to please everyone. And so in that sense, we also have to realize like, why do I feel a certain way? Why do I hate this side? Or why do I hate this side? Do I even hate them? Do I even agree with everyone on my side? Do I even have a side? I'm only 16. What does it even matter? I don't even have a horse in the race. I'm going to cancel John Doe because he believes in this. But we're both 16. We both even haven't voted. We both don't know anyone who's voted. We both haven't had any influence in the voting election other than posting a repost, stay in line <laughs> when voting. I mean... We also have, we have to realize we have to take into account we have to take inventory of our power our influence what we're doing or why, why we're thinking a certain way we can't just blindly be chickens with our head cut off uh tell me what to do and i'll say you tell me what to say and i'll say you tell me how to act and i'll do it you tell me what to believe and i'll do it like if you believe everything of one side tells you to believe you really have to reflect i don't believe everything if i lean to one side i don't believe any everything on either side I believe some stuff on both sides. I'm more centrist than one side or one side. And so that also into all factors of life. If your friends say we hate this person, you're like, whoa, not we, you guys. I don't hate that person. Daniel's pretty cool. We don't hate Daniel's podcast. I like Daniel's podcast. We don't hate Miss So-and-so. I like her. Just because you guys have a low grade because you didn't pay attention doesn't mean we all have to collectively hate her. So you have to be an individual in that sense. And if your friends cancel you for that, that means you may not have the best friend group or you may have yeah. to, you may have to like teach them like, that's not how you guys act in the real world. That's how it's going now because of the political climate. But once all this is over, you're going to be, a, you're going to look like a fool and you're going to have that habit ingrained in your head and it's going to be harder to break than it is now. So think about it right now, reflect right now. Like, why, why do I think this? Why am I feeling this? Why do I say this? And you could, I know there's going to be a cognitive dissonance, so you might not change because cognitive dissonance is almost like it's been a lie the whole time. Like, oh, whoa, my mindset has been bad the whole time. I know I had that over the summer. I was like, whoa, whoa, uh, math is in everything. I have to learn how to read. And now I love reading. And so you guys also have to realize you're going to experience some cognitive dissonance. You're going to feel like it's a lie. You're going to feel like someone influenced you to believe a certain thing, or you're going to feel like everything you thought in the past was wrong and you wasted so much time. But all you could do is reflect, reflect on the past and think about the future and stay in the present. And so with that being said, embody your philosophy, be the change you want to be and clean the front of your house. Because if Daniel and I clean the front of our house, our block will be clean. I almost want to end the podcast there. I think that's a perfect answer to that. I, I honestly do. And you, you kind of circled back to, to the beginning of the podcast where, where we've said, right, saying no to yourself as an individual, saying, no, I'm not going to just do nothing today and I'm going to clean the front of my house today. I'm going to become a better version of myself today and tomorrow and until I am unable to anymore. That is the the fundamental that is fundamental for us solving this political 
this polarized climate that we have today. I, I think you've, I think you've spelled it out perfectly. So I guess, I guess I'll give my, uh, my final remarks on it and, and, and we can, we can end the podcast there. I, I, I agree with Ethan. Look, we, we have to start from the beginning and we need to be able to say no to ourselves. That is the first part. Be able to question what you're doing and, and acting on that answer is, is, is a prerequisite to becoming the best version of yourself, to becoming an individual with a will. And that's what Ethan gets, gets to in, in his answer. And, and, and it, 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 that, that expands from yourself to society in, in, in totality. Guys, uh, you, 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 there's, you know, people, you, people are, are so, they, they, they put off improving themselves until tomorrow. And so the fact that you're unable to say no to yourself means that you're unable to say no to your friends. The fact that you're unable to say no to your friends means that you cannot say to no, say no to, to, to authority when authority may not have your best interest at heart. Being, being unable to say no to authority definitely means you can't say no to your other citizens who wish to ban you from polite society for simply having views that they do not agree with. And being, a, if you're unable to say no to all of these things, how are we able to come back as a country, as not only America, but, you know, many countries in the West, how are we able to come back together and to be able to talk to each other and to be able to acknowledge each other as individuals with will if we cannot acknowledge ourselves as individuals with will? If you can't acknowledge, if you cannot clean your room, as Jordan Peterson would say, or if you cannot clean the front yard, as Ethan would say, how are you going to acknowledge the humanity, the individualism, the will in other people? And so I'm going to end it there because I think we don't even need to elaborate more on that. If you want America, if you want Europe or Let's, let's get more specific than Europe, the UK or France or wherever you may be listening to this right now. If you want our climate to be less polarized, first you need to acknowledge and cultivate and improve on the rational being. What is a rational being? Again, like I've said again, it is the ability to question your animalistic instincts and to improve on that animalistic. That's what makes you a human. That's what makes you an individual. And the fact that we are able to will something out, uh, that is completely separate from those animalistic uh, in, uh, instincts is what makes us. That's is what makes us worthy of rights, as Immanuel Kant would say, right? And so, if we really want to start treating each other as individuals again, if you really want to say, if you really want to be able to treat ourselves or treat us ourselves as a society rather, as individuals with opinions worth respecting and respectfully disagreeing with, you need to be able to say no to yourself. With that, I would like to thank you for uh, listening to the Daniel Fresney show, watching it, if you're watching it on YouTube. Ethan, I this is it was a great conversation. Uh, uh, definitely, we, we need to have you on the podcast more. I hope this is not the last time you'll be on a Daniel Fresney show.
Hopefully not. Uh, it's an honor to be here. I'm glad to contribute in any sort of fashion. For those who are listening, if you like the conversation, make sure to like, leave a subscription if you enjoy this content and you want to see more. Donate if you support my work. If you support Ethan's work, go check out the OK Zoomer podcast. He has some amazing people on the podcast. If you want, if you if you if you want a different perspective on how America is doing or or how the the human experience is 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 continuously cultivating uh, as you know people continue to live and to to share their experiences if you want to see it from the the angle of a zoomer go check out ethan's podcast okay zoomer and with that i would like to thank you for watching i'll see you next time later